to kids' first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Catherine, and today we'll be talking with Micah about Free Guy, Dominic about playing with sharks, the cast and crew of Diary of a Future President, and the smartest kids in the world. But first, we'll be reviewing Respect with Tiana. So what is Respect about? Yes, so Respect was an amazing film. So it tells the story about Aretha Franklin, who's played by the amazing Jennifer Hudson. And so it kind of shows more about how she got her start, which she started out when she was really young. Um, and she was singing for her father, C.L. Franklin, who was played by Forrest Whitaker's in his choir, his church choir, and at little parties that he would host. So we kind of get to see her life from when she went from then to all the uh, troubles that she went through in the music industry and in life in general to her becoming the queen of soul that we know today. So it had a very, um, a very interesting plot to it. And there were a lot of, a lot of different turns in the story, but it was amazing. Yeah, when I saw this trailer, I was so excited to see it. I haven't seen it yet, but I really wanted to. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. It'd be so cool to learn everything about Aretha. And so um, this is based off of a true story. Do you think that it stayed accurate or as accurate as it possibly could to uh, what happened in real life? Um, so I think it did. I mean, I didn't know that much about Aretha Franklin. Like, I knew who she was. Um, but I didn't know entirely much about it. And it teaches you things um, that you may not have known um, about her, which uh, I'm going to say it kind of ties into the part of like things that parents have to look out for. Because I feel like a lot of the stuff that actually happened, like out of what you would know from her music, wasn't very kid friendly in a sense. So, um, yeah, but from what I know, it really did stay true to her story if you, like, look up things about her past. Wow, that's really cool. It's so cool that, you know, we can know a person but not know that much about them. And then, you know, finally there's a movie made about them and you're just like, wow, they went through all of this hardship and everything and I didn't even know, you know? Right. And so, you know, this was a movie about Aretha. And so what was the acting and singing like? I mean, after all, Aretha is a singer. So what was it like? Uh, did it sound good or anything? Yes. Yeah, so Jennifer Hudson, as I mentioned, played her. Um, it was a really amazing thing. I mean, uh, I saw this magazine. I forgot exactly which one it was, but they actually showed a picture of what Aretha Franklin used to look um when she was younger versus jennifer hudson playing her now um and they actually look the same which is cool because uh aretha franklin actually handpicked jennifer hudson to play her um but the singing was amazing jennifer hudson really stayed true to her own voice and singing talent um in this film everything was amazing the songs i mean of course they are aretha franklin's so yeah i would have to say it was on point yeah, see, I always, well, two things I look out for in like stories based off of, or movies based off of true stories is like how accurate the characters, like the actors look to the actual people. And right. I, 
I always loved like watch the end of the credits to see it's like, oh, do they look like who they played or something like that. And also I feel like if there was like a documentary being made by you, who better to pick out the cast than you, you know? Right. (laughs) And so what do you think the message of respect was? So I think the message of respect is to, you have to own your voice and you cannot let others determine how you follow their dreams, you know, what they should look like, what they should be. Um, And Ms. Franklin spent a lot of time doing what other people wanted her to do. Um, like her father and her husband and all that. Um, But it wasn't really until she started listening to herself and really knowing what she wanted and demanding respect from others that she started making hit records, which in the film you'll notice that that's something that she just keeps saying that she wants. She wants hits. So that is what the message of respect is. Yeah, and are there any things that, you know, parents should look out for maybe or anything like that? Yeah, so I would have to say this is actually a movie like for like older kids, which I know that's probably what you're going to ask next. So what parents should look out for is their scenes with drinking, violence, and uh, some pretty much very suggestive behavior. Yeah, and so you were right. I'm going to ask what age range and star rating do you give respect? Yes, well, respect is a musty film filled with a lot of inspirational, uh, you know, like the message and women empowerment, empowerment, definitely. So I rate this film four out of five stars and I recommend it for kids ages 15 to 18 plus adults. And one more thing, you can find respect in theaters now. All right. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It's always fun to talk to you. Very fun to talk to you, too. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Diary of a Future President, Playing with Sharks, and the Smartest Kids in the World. Right now, we're switching over to our review with Micah about Free Guy. So, what is Free Guy about? Free Guy is um, it's a new movie that's about a video game character named Guy, who finds out that he's just a background player in the game called Free City. And he finds a pair of sunglasses... Well, he steals a pair of sunglasses that change his status in the game and he becomes everyone's main focus. And in the midst of this, Millie, which is also known as Molotov Girl in Free City, is starting to fall for him. So eventually Keys and Millie realize they can use Guy to their advantage to expose Antoine, who's Keys' boss and who's done some bad things to them in the past. So they realize that they can actually use Guy for this. Yeah, it sounds like a really fun storyline. Like, what, also, when I saw this trailer, so many good movies coming out now. I was really excited. I'm like, oh, this looks like such a fun movie. And I feel like, I mean, imagine if you found out you were living in a video game and you stole sunglasses and you, like, became everybody's main focus. That would be really weird. It would be weird, but it's also really fun. Like you said, it was a really fun movie to watch. Yeah, it seemed really entertaining. And so, you know, it's, it's about a video game. And so what were the special effects like? Well, the special effects, I feel, really, like, completed the movie, like, made it, like, whole. And the special effects were really good. As it is a video game, there were a lot of special effects. And it just so happens that the video game is designed to be really, like, it has destruction like everywhere. So the special effects were really great. And they looked pretty realistic, which is can kind of be kind of scary but it really 
it matched the game's theme. Yeah, I always feel like if it like technology is getting so advanced right now and animation is getting so good, I feel like yeah. if it gets even better, it's we're not going to be able to tell what's real or not. It's going to be really weird. It is. And so who was your favorite actor in this movie? Because there's a lot of star power in this movie. So like, who is your favorite actor and why are they your favorite actor? Or you could do, you know, a couple of your favorite actors. Well, for one, I really enjoyed Antoine's character played by Taika Waititi. I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, But I really enjoyed his character in the way um, Taika played his character because he really tapped into the humor and the banter and the bossing everyone around that was Antoine's character. So he just made it really enjoyable. And I really think that the audience can enjoy his character, even though he is the antagonist. Yeah, I feel like Taika Waititi, he is hilarious. Honestly, yeah, everything is. I've seen him in, like, you know, Thor Ragnarok or Jojo Rabbit, he has been great in all of those. It was really entertaining to watch. And I was really excited when I heard that he would be in this movie, too, because I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really great. And he definitely stood out to me right away. As soon as he came on the screen, I was ready to watch him. Yeah. And so what is the message of Free Guy? Well, there's a lot of messages you can kind of take away. But I think the main message is you really need to just enjoy the simple things in life. Because if you let life become too repetitive, when you do something out of the ordinary, you have to enjoy it and appreciate it and also recognize it so that you can remember that feeling when you do something else. Yeah, for sure. And so what age range and star rating would you give Free Guy? I rate I rate Free Guy five, four out of five stars and recommend it for ages 14 to 18 plus adults. Um, there is some profanity like um, throughout the movie, so I think parents should be aware of that. But otherwise, it's a really great movie, and I really recommend it. Yeah, and where can we watch it? You can watch Free Guy in theaters now. All right. Thank you so much for talking with me, Micah. No problem. It was a great chat. It was a great chat. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City Fantastical Adventures. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. 
With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about respect and free guy. Next up, we'll be reviewing Playing with Sharks with Dominic. Hi, Dominic. How are you? Good. How are you, Catherine? I'm doing good. So what is Playing with Sharks about? Um, Playing with Sharks is a fascinating documentary. That was released during National Geographic's ninth annual Shark Fest. This, the film is a tribute to Valerie Taylor, an Australian diver who was once a champion spearfisher and then changed her thoughts on sharks. She's now a powerful voice for their protection. Wow, that sounds really cool. I mean, spearfisher turned shark saver. I feel like that's such a big transformation uh, from total polar opposites yeah uh she killed one shark in her spearfishing career and she said it was the biggest mistake she's ever made Mm, yeah i feel like it's just the world was so different like that long ago it was really different so i'm glad that you know she changed her mind about everything and so yeah and and so did uh did playing with sharks change your perception about sharks no, because I've always really liked sharks, and I've always knew that they weren't, like, uh, rogue killers. I would see you and say, oh, there's a human, now I'm going to eat it. I know they only, they're like us, they just eat, they're like carnivores and just have to eat to live. Um, so, yeah, I just never, I just never thought that they were just uh, killers. But do you think that, maybe, do you think that this will change other people's perceptions about sharks? Yeah, they thought totally. you know. She gives a pro. She gives all the pros on sharks. She said she even gives examples in the film of sharks, uh, how they, what they'll attack and what they won't. They don't per. Uh, they don't. They don't choose to eat humans. She even uh, taped a piece of uh, raw meat to her arm, which this protective uh, shark metal thing on her, but uh, the clothing on her. And then she proved that the the shark would just come for the meat and not her. Yeah, wow. I feel like I feel like that's brave. But also, once you think about it, you know, we're you know we're carnivores too. Well, some people uh, who aren't like vegans or anything. But yeah, we're car- humans are natural carnivores. And if you really think about it, you know, I think that Jaws definitely um, Jaws the movie. It, I feel like it probably made a lot of people very scared of sharks but hopefully that this movie well hopefully this movie will help you know change thoughts on sharks yeah um actually valerie taylor's uh she had a friend named steven spielberg he was at, she, he was the person that 
actually thought of Jaws. And then she actually helped produce the movie. And in, in oh, the movie, wow. yeah, <laughs> in the movie, there uh, a lot of the footage actually uh, was a natural shark uh, just get going on the boat. That was a natural shark. That was one of their animatronics. And uh, she said that it, it did change a lot of opinions on uh, people actually heightened to fear sharks. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, have you ever swum with sharks? Um, or if you have not, would you ever go swimming with sharks? Yes, I totally go swimming with sharks. I've never had in my life, and I just always wanted to go. It would be so cool. Yeah, I feel like it would be really cool. I mean, I'd be a little bit scared just, yeah. you know, I think that that's, I think that's a little natural. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like that'd be so cool, you know, just to go swimming around with sharks and seeing their habitat. Well, depending on what you do. But yeah, I feel like it'd be really cool. Yeah, it'd be really cool. But you'd also have that natural feeling of like fear when you're swimming mm -hmm. with carnivores. Yeah. <laughs> So what is the message of playing with sharks? Uh, there are many messages in the film, but the main message has to be the need for a mutual respect between all forms of life. We have to find a balance between man and nature. Yeah, I agree. I agree very much. <laughs> and so what age range and star rating do you give it and where can we watch it? I give playing with sharks four to five stars and I recommend it for ages eight to 18. And adults, especially those who love marine life, um, play, playing with sharks will begin. Well, playing with sharks began streaming July twenty third, twenty twenty one, on Disney Plus. All right, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you, Catherine. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Respect, Free Guy, and the Smartest Kids in the World. Right now we're switching over to our review with Rosemary about the Smartest Kids in the World. Hi, Rosemary. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So what is The Smartest Kids in the World about? The Smartest Kids in the World is a documentary that is actually based on a book um, called The Smartest Kids in the World. And it's pretty much follows four students from the U.S. who go to different countries to uh to study for one year of high school and they compare the educational systems in those countries to those in the US and these countries were are doing a lot better in education than the US is and so we learn you know what like they're they're doing well in terms of education and what the US can improve on Wow that's really cool I feel like that'd be so educational to like learn what's going on with our school systems and what's different and everything I feel like that'd yeah. be really interesting so you said it was based off of a book. Have you read the book? I have not read the book. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know there was a book until I watched the movie. But um, it's it's written by by Amanda Ripley, and it was a New York Times bestseller. So it sounds really interesting. Yeah, it does. Maybe I'll have to go and read it before I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you got the chance to interview one of the students that, you know, that was in the, the, the documentary. And so what was it like to interview Simone Hassan Bay? And yeah, what was it like? 
Uh, it was it was actually really interesting because you know this movie she she told us about um, how like they actually like weren't fil- like she was in uh, South Korea for a year of school and they weren't filming for many of those like for they were filming for a few of those days and so it was just really interesting to hear like how much like things that weren't in the documentary because obviously they weren't filming her for the whole year and so like all the thing all her experiences that like didn't get shared in the documentary was really interesting to learn about yeah I feel like it'd be really cool to like watch the documentary but also maybe interview the person that was in the documentary to find out more I feel like that'd be really cool yeah it was great and so um if you could go to any like foreign country to go to school, where would you go? So actually before watching this, I wouldn't know the answer to that, but one of the schools or one of the countries in this documentary was Finland and Finland's education system, just for so many reasons, like looks amazing. Like they're uh, it's, first of all, it's just like really beautiful there, but like they have so much, like it's just, there's so many things that I love about Finland now. And so that's definitely what I would choose. Yeah, I feel like it'd be so cool to go there, but I feel like it'd be cool to go anywhere around the world, like just to travel. I haven't been out of the country that much. I feel like it'd be so cool, but also to like compare the school systems with everything. I feel like that'd be really cool. Yeah, it seems like it's a really like, um, like a really interesting experience to have. Yeah, for sure. And so what is the message of the smartest kids in the world? I'd say that um, usually, like, I've never even, like, before I wouldn't have heard anything about the education in these other countries before watching this. And so I think it's important for us to, you know, learn about other countries that are doing so much better in terms of education um, and, like, what they're doing uh, right and, like, look look beyond the U.S. that's, like, often thought of as this, like, perfect country because really we're not doing that well in terms of education. It's just really interesting to see how these other countries are doing better. Yeah, I feel like, I just feel like that'd be such an interesting topic to learn about because that's not something that you learn about really, well, of course, in school or anything because, you know, we go to school here and stuff. But I feel like that'd be so interesting to, like, learn about the other people's education system yeah and yeah this documentary was just really interesting like to learn about all these things because usually I'm not very interested in documentaries but this one I really liked because it was so interesting to learn about yeah and so what age range and star rating would you give the smartest kids in the world um, I would give this movie uh, five out of five stars and I recommend it for ages eight to 18 plus adults and uh, especially students because for me as a student it was really um, really interesting to watch yeah and so where can you watch this documentary Uh, it is now available on discovery plus all right thank you so much for talking with me yeah thank you Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Color Form City Fantastical Adventures. (music) 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids series every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about playing with sharks and the smartest kids in the world. Next up, Avalon will be interviewing Tess Romero, Charlie Bushnell, Selena's Leva, Michael Weaver, and Alana Pena from Diary of a Future President. So, Charlie, uh, how is Diary of a Future President Season 2 expanded on the story from Season 1? In Season 2, or well, in Season 1, you know, Bobby uh, definitely goes on this journey of self-discovery and you get to see him navigate that, navigate that more in season two. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he, in season two, he, I think he definitely learns to use his voice more and express his feelings and open up. And, um, and he's, you know, he's, I think he's still figuring out who he is, but also kind of has himself figured out and he's, you know, he's, he's just comfortable in his skin and, and proud of who he is. Sounds like a good story. Yes. Shelly, how are you similar or different from your character, Bobby? Um, yeah, I mean, I think me and Bobby uh, definitely share a lot of similarities. Um, we're both really chill, first of all. Um, you know, we both we both love just doing, like, you know, regular teen stuff, like hanging out with friends and, and messing around and playing sports and video games. And we both have... Uh, really loving and supportive families and uh, um, and also uh, you know like Bobby like you know Bobby's figuring out who he is and you know so am I I'm, I'm figuring out who I am every single day I feel like every single teen out there can relate to Bobby in that way even if you're not necessarily uh, questioning your sexuality or identity like I feel like every teen is just trying to figure out who they are so um, yeah I feel like Bobby is very relatable in that way. 
Sounds like a lot of good similarities. Yes. So Tess, how does your character Elena grow throughout season two? Um, Elena becomes a little more, you know, she learns a little more about what it means to be a leader. Um, she starts realizing that she really likes to help people and that's kind of what it's all about for her. Uh, she wants to lead and help people out who need helping. So there's that. She's also at the same time growing up and growing older. So her relationship with her mother is changing a lot because they're both, you know, Elena's becoming a little more independent and her mom is trying to deal with this newfound independence. So yeah, she's changing in all areas of her life, which is kind of accurate to, you know, being a 13 year old girl. Sounds like a really good growth. Yes. So Tess, what was the hardest scene to act out in season two? Ooh, I don't know. I think a lot of different scenes are challenging in their own ways. Um, <coughs> for me, one of the, I'm trying to think back because it's been a minute. Um, ooh, there was one scene in episode three where Elena and Gabby are, you know, kind of fighting. Um, and that was really fun um, and a little a little different for them, but it was really fun to try it out. And Sully is obviously, Sully who plays Gabby, she's insanely talented and was a great partner, uh, especially for that. So uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was definitely challenging. Also, just it was just a rough day in general. Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> so, Charlie, what was your favorite episode to film? There are a few. There are a few. I really loved uh, episode three. I think Bobby has some really, really good stuff in that. I love episode five. Me and Tess have some some great scenes in there. Um, episode seven is really, it's a, it's a really fun one. A uh, bit of a party, maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't know, maybe, uh, oh, I that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. um, episode, I also love episode nine. I got to film a lot of scenes with Seleni Slava, who plays Gabby, um, our mom on the show. Um, yeah, but I mean, honestly, like I, I really enjoyed filming every single episode. Uh, I, yeah, I just woke up every day, uh, excited to go to set and see my friends and, hang out and make this amazing show. Sounds like you loved most of the episodes. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Respect with Tiana, Free Guy with Micah, Playing with Sharks with Dominic and the smartest kids in the world. And right now we're continuing Avalon's interview with the cast and crew of Diary of a Future President. Uh, so, Miss Leah, uh, what interested you in the role of Gabby in this show? You know, I was excited to play a mom that was um, kind of fun and cool. You know, uh, I was excited to play someone that wasn't like the cookie cutter version of what like mothers sometimes are put out to be. Uh, this was a cool mom. This is somebody who is a, is a lawyer and she has her own life going for her. She's successful and she finds love again. So I, I was excited to see that and to also see who is the mother? Who would be the mother of a future president? You know, what are her qualities? So that was kind of um, special for me to kind of dive into for sure. Oh, that sounds really cool. Uh, so, Mr. Weaver, what message do you hope that viewers will take away from this new season? That you can do anything. That it's, it's all there for you. 
and be optimistic and, uh, you know, just know that uh, other people are going through the probably having the thoughts you are having and uh, it's okay. And uh, you never, you know, you might be down, but you're never out to me. That's, this is like, these are things It almost makes me a little emotional actually, but it's true. I think uh, the show does that really well. Just, Hey, life can be hard, but um, if you look at it as a character building moment, then, uh, and, and just believe something good will happen and behave in a way that you want to be, uh, uh, you know, put out in the world and hope, hope it comes back. Then, you know, I think it's an optimistic show. And, and if I had to say one word uh, that I would want people to, to feel when they watch it is, is optimism. Sounds like a good message. It does sound good, Avalon. It does sound good. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And right now we're continuing Avalon's interview with the cast and crew of Diary of a Future President. So, uh, Ms. Pena, where did the inspiration for Diary of a Future President come from? Diary of a Future President, the inspiration came from my diary. <laughs> um, my sixth grade diary, I found it. And I don't know if you keep a diary, but I wrote with such passion and such emotion, but I also wrote private, private, private. So it's like, there's gotta be a TV show in there. This, this origin story of a young girl kind of going through middle school, figuring it all out, knowing that she, the audience, knowing that she gets somewhere great, but her having no idea. Um, it came from me wanting to tell sort of my story or a version of my story and um, put the complicated messiness of middle school on screen. That sounds really cool. So uh, how much are you involved in the casting of this show? I'm very involved in the casting. I see all of the um, all of the, the options and I give my thoughts and I pick the, the, the person that I think is best for the part. Um, you know, having finding Tess and Charlie as, as Elena and Bobby was they were so incredible. And when both of them auditioned, it was like my words finally we're coming to life in such a beautiful way. Um, so it was really meaningful to be part of casting them and, and watch them grow into these characters and bring their own amazing personalities to them. Sounds really cool to be able to help with the casting. Yeah. So uh, in addition to writing this show, you were also the showrunner. How was that different from other shows that you worked on? Um, so the showrunner, kind of like the president of the show. <laughs> Um, and it, it's, you know, I, I love it because it's, it's this like world that I diary is a world that I've created and I'm able to hire the most like brilliant geniuses who are smarter than me in so many ways to, to bring it to life and make it come together. Um, and when you're a writer, I was a writer on the show, crazy ex-girlfriend, when you're a writer, your job is to sort of, um, you know, assist the, the creator, the showrunner in their vision. But, you know, as the showrunner, I just get to have the people around me help me make my vision as great as it can be. So season two, Elena kind of learns what it means to be a leader and how it's about lifting people up. Um, and guess what? I was learning and doing that, too. That sounds really fun. So what is the message that you hope the audience will take away from this new season? I hope the audience takes away um, the importance of using your voice, whether that's Elena learning to sort of use her voice and her power for good as a leader, or Bobby learning to use his voice 
in general, learning to share himself with others, learning to be vulnerable, um, or Gabby and Sam learning to use their voices and communicating with each other. Um, our voice is the, it's the most valuable tool that we got. And I hope people walk away feeling empowered and excited to use theirs. That sounds like a really cool message. Um, thank you for watching the show. I'm so happy you like it. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Color Form City Fantastical Adventures. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Diary of the Future President, and now Rosemary and Rosabella will be interviewing Simon Hassan Bay from the smartest kids in the world. Hi, I'm Rosabella, reporting from Kids First. And I'm Rosemary. And today we have the pleasure of speaking to Simone Hassan Bay, a student starring a new documentary, The Smartest Kids in the World, which will be available on Discovery Plus. Simone Hassan Bay is working towards building social change in many ways. She founded the Yunhee Yoshiki Memorial Scholarship to support undergrad students and is co-founder of Rooted Uprising, a collective working to empower community. In this documentary, Simone is a student from the U.S. who travels abroad to study as an exchange student in South Korea for a year. Hi, Simone. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So to start off, when you went to South Korea and compared their educational system to that of the U.S., what aspects of their system were the most difficult to adjust to? Well, I think one of the the most difficult things was that, you know, school seemingly never ended. Um, So after classes normally end at 
4 p.m. Uh, they continued through something called Yaja, which is basically um, after school classes, basically in the same school. And different to the U.S., it's not after school in that you could do sports or music or dance or something like that. It's still more intense studying. And then they may continue doing that at um, something called a hagwan um, at a weekend, which is more private classes of tutoring. So it uh, just seemed like they never really got, a lot of my good friends never got a chance to just um, enjoy being with each other um, or some alone time. I think that was like the the hardest thing to adjust to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems a lot more, like a lot more work than in the U.S. Yes. yes. Well, I think that's really cool that you get more time for education. But uh, what was it like to attend school in one of the highest ranked countries in the world in terms of education? Um, it was amazing. I, I was, it was something that I was really looking forward to is um, to have a new type of learning environment um, and to experience something that I had only heard of in other documentaries or had read about. Um, so it was really, really cool to actually be in the classroom, um, taking classes with everyone, learning from everyone and seeing um just the dedication that everyone had towards learning something new, um, whether it be the teachers really being actively involved or the students themselves really having their own self-determination to accomplish whatever um, was required of them in in terms of their classes. Um, But it also seemed like it wasn't just about you know, classes or school, it was, it seemed a little bit to be about for their, for their own selves, for whatever goal that they were, they wanted to achieve, which was really cool to see. How did being in a different country for a whole year open your eyes to new things? It opened my eyes to a lot of different things. Um, I lived with host families. I lived with five host families over the course of of that year. Um, And so it introduced me to different family dynamics. Um, Just the way that people talk to each other and greet each other was all very different. Um, In terms of school, um, we would would get there really early around like seven in the morning just to clean up. Uh, That was also really interesting. Uh, Everything felt really exciting and, and different. And I really appreciated how much everyone invited me in. Yeah, yeah, it's great. What are some things that you learned from your experience in South Korea? Um, One of the biggest things that I learned during that time um, was I'd always wanted prior to going to Korea to, to be in an environment where it seemed like everyone really cared about their classwork and their schoolwork and, and just um, an atmosphere where there, there was a level of consideration, which I didn't feel like was happening in the States. But one of the biggest things that I, I learned was like also like the toll firsthand um, that it was taking on a lot of my peers. I had already heard about this and I had already seen it in, you know, again, different documentaries and and in articles, but to see it firsthand was really, really tough. Um, and it really opened my eyes to that, wow, Korea is really still going um, 
through the system that they've had for over you know, 50 years of wanting to work really hard as a part of a mentality that's come from the Korean War. Um, and it's, it's, you can still see it in a way in the later generations than how, on how hard they work. But you can still see like the toll that it actually has physically takes on a lot of these students to um, reach their, these goals of their school, but also even their own personal goals. Uh, it, it's not an easy it's not an easy feat to be a part of uh, something that I had always wished for is that, yes, I appreciate the, the amount of hard work that they're putting into it. But I also wish that my friends had some time for themselves. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about respect, free guy, playing with sharks and diary of a future president. Right now, we're continuing Rosemary and Rosabelle's interview with Simone Hassan Bay from The Smartest Kids in the World. So since your time in South Korea was all being recorded or was being recorded for this documentary, did that affect your experience at all? Well, not really, um, because a lot of the documentary, the filming of it was kind of sporadic throughout my stay. I was there again for a year and they would come for maybe a few days every um, few months. Maybe they came to Korea maybe two or three times. Uh, and then when I was in American high school, so I graduated American high school and then I went on to the study abroad program. And then they also filmed a little bit of my time my freshman year of college, but they, they were all very much spread out. So it didn't really affect the day to day. And outside of going to Korean high school, I also took Korean language classes after school. So I was there until maybe our lunch period. And then after I did um, about three to four hours of Korean language classes as a part of my program so uh, it didn't really interfere too much it was sometimes it was a lot and sometimes it did feel a bit overwhelming in terms of um, it felt like I'm, I'm sharing so much of myself that I've never had shared before and even now it's been five years since that documentary was recorded so uh, having you know people for the first time in, in my life are going to know about this um, so that is that was a lot, but the filming of it in itself wasn't too invasive. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was wondering about that because it, you know, it seems like it's like showing a lot of the time, but really you were there for a whole year in the movie. Right. So, yeah, okay. What was your best experience from your year abroad? I think one of the most maybe memorable parts of it is something that is actually shown in the film. Um, it's myself and Sumi together. It's one of my good friends from school. Um, it was her first time being able, or first time in a while, um, being able to go out uh, and not like go to classes right away or go to, um, you know, hog ones right away. So that was that was really, really cool because it was, it was nice to be able to see a friend outside of a classroom environment. Oh, wow. That's uh, nice that you got to be with your friends and you had that one part uh, in school together. So that's really good that you had a good education and also good uh, friendships. How did you find the program that allowed you to attend school for free in South Korea? So that was a bit of a journey. I was actually studying uh, for my SATs at that time, and I decided to take a break, went on YouTube, and a video popped up saying, um, I'm part of my recommended, I guess, based on some of the content that I'd already watched, and it was saying, um, 
study abroad in Korea for free for a year, something like that. Something like that was in the title. Uh, so I watched a video, maybe 11 minutes long, but I only watched two minutes of it um, and immediately was intrigued and decided to take a look at their website and saw that there, the deadline was about four days away to apply. And also it was my last chance to apply because I was a senior. So I decided to push off the SATs for a moment, or at least for the day, and start getting on that application. And um, it just so happened that I, I got accepted into the program. And it was amazing. It allowed uh, me to live with host families, go to Korean classes, and as you see in the film, uh, go to Korean high school. Wow, yeah. So it was like a quick decision. It was a very, it was a very <laughs> quick decision. Um, even the fact that I would be going for an academic year, you know, it wasn't something that I had thought about for months or something. It was, here's an opportunity. You have to apply now. You go. And it's also technically it was my last chance to apply because I was a senior and this was made for high school. It was a program made for high school students. Um, so I just decided that this is something that I wanted to do. And Thankfully, I got accepted into the program, and that's how I started my Korean language learning journey was primarily on that program. Well, it sounds like it worked out, so that's good. Well, I think that's nice that you just applied and you really got accepted. Glad that they liked you and went to South Korea and learned the experiences. Thank you so much for talking with us, Simone. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Simone appears in the new documentary, The Smallest Kids in the World, which releases on Discovery Plus August 16, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look out for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City Fantastical Adventures. I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.